The Chris and Joe Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau. He's Joe Huizenga. I'm Chris Merrill, the Chris and Joe Show, every afternoon starting at 2 on KTAR. Don't forget, Outspoken is less than an hour away. Bruce St. James and uh, Gatos will be in here. The biggest story, I think, over the last few months is for locally. Of course, we've had some good stories. Um, Phoenix Open and Drunkenness, that was a great story. There have been other good local stories. This one, though, has been the biggest, I'd have to say. And Joe, feel free to disagree, but I think that the teen violence that we've seen explode, mostly in the East Valley, but we have had incidents, incidents I elsewhere in the state uh, or in the in the Valley. I think this teen violence thing has certainly captured our attention more than it has in the past. Oh, I can't disagree with you on it. There, it checks a lot of boxes from the police involvement, schools, kids, parents. Um, th- there's any yeah. number of places to go with it, but. I- I'm glad you mentioned the school, the city officials, and the and the parents, because now one of those groups is suing the other two. Barry Markson is our uh, KTA, our legal analyst. And Barry, we got news yesterday that there's another lawsuit that's been filed now. And the uh, the father of one of the victims, this is Richard Keener is the father. He said that his son got severe injuries, concussion and other severe injuries during a beating in August at the In-N-Out Burger in Gilbert. Um we know that there's been some lawsuits against goons and their parents. Now, according to the Republic in an in a article that they published yesterday, a $6 million claim. Chandler school officials, Gilbert police failed to stop the Gilbert goons attack. That is the, that is what the, the, it's not even a lawsuit, right? It's basically, how does this work, Barry? It's, they're saying we're going to sue you to yeah. notice to sue. How does this work? Yeah, in, in Arizona, uh, if you're going to sue a municipality or a public entity, so a school district, a city, a town, you have to file what's called a notice of claim, and the deadline to file that is very fast. So here, a lawyer representing this family filed that notice of claim against the Chandler Unified School District and also the Gilbert Police Department, uh, basically saying that those entities uh, ignored evidence that uh, this this man's son was going to be beaten at the in and out uh, they had evidence that, he, that that the goons had gone to his house and threatened them, evidence that threats had occurred online, um, and still did nothing. Um, there's, As you go through the information in this, there, and, and now more of the investigation, it's one of the parents of one of the goons allegedly is a, is a principal at a school there, and she sat in on the interview and wouldn't let her son tell police who was uh, involved in the in the beatings and other, it, it, there's a lot going on here. So yeah, there is. yes, this is a this is a preliminary step in a lawsuit against those those two entities. Barry, did I hear you right? Did you say that the the notice of claim has to be filed very quickly? Is that did I hear that correctly? Yeah, and it, okay, why? It has to be filed within 180 days. You have to give the the public entity. It, it's to protect these entities. It, it actually makes it harder to school to sue a city or or a school district than it would be to sue you or I or a business. Uh, they they want to make sure if you're gonna if you're gonna sue a public entity that you're providing that notice that the entity can protect records or investigate on its own and find out uh, whether or not they want to settle the case. Uh, the notice of claim is designed to I think also to allow early settlements. But I will tell you as a practical matter, I don't recall ever seeing a notice of claim accepted uh, as a as a preliminary matter. Settlement can occur later, but it's very rare that an entity accepts a notice of claim and settles the case. We're talking with our KTAR legal analyst Barry Markson here. 
Barry, it's a $6 million notice of claim, like you pointed out. How does that break down? Is it like $3 million to Chandler Schools, $3 million to Gilbert Police? Is it just $6 million and that can be divvied up however you know a judge would potentially see fit? How do you break down where the $6 million comes from if they got yeah, paid out all I, of it? I haven't seen a notice of claim. Uh, I don't know if there were two separate ones, one sent to each entity or, or one to both, but I'll be frank with you, Joe, it, it doesn't really matter. The, the notice of claim isn't going to be accepted. It doesn't break down in any way. It's just letting these entities know that a lawsuit will follow. They can try to settle it now uh, before a lawsuit is filed, but this is just to protect the statute of limitations. It protects the right of the injured parties, this family. Uh, it protects their rights to sue the school district and the police department at a later date. If they didn't file the notice of claim by the deadline, they would lose the ability to file that lawsuit. So if I'm Chandler Schools here or Gilbert PD, you said that they, they won't accept this, that they're not going to be paying out the $6 million. How long do you fight it? Well, it, it, the lawsuit hasn't been filed yet. So the, the first step would be. So they, uh, to, they say, hey, no, we're not going to pay that out. Yeah, they don't have to even say anything. They'll just ignore it. It's most likely what will happen. But they could also send a note saying rejecting the notice. But okay. what, what it does is it allows the, the, the family's attorney to file a lawsuit later. And at that point, the school district and the police department will have to hire attorneys and file a, a response to the lawsuit and, and to really get into into the lawsuit itself. So really what this is is an initial notice. It kind of sends up a flare, says, hey, we can sue you. We're giving you notice of that, which, which we're required to do by law. And now we'll wait to see if, if and when a lawsuit is filed. Could they, could they sue for more than $6 million? In Arizona, you don't for tort for for things like this, like injuries, you don't sue for a particular amount. So in the, you'll see in complaints unless you have a some sort, unless you have a specific thing you're suing for. So you know if you if you hit my car, Joe, and I have the exact dollar amount of the damages to my car to repair my car, I can sue for that exact amount. But otherwise, you don't sue for a specific amount. That's Got why it. you don't you don't hear about lawsuits in Arizona for you know a ten million dollar lawsuit. They're not filed that way like they are in other states. So where does this headline come from then, Barry Markson or KTA, our legal analyst, a six million dollar claim? So, I mean, they, somebody must have put a number on there somewhere. Yeah. Well, again, this is not a lawsuit. It's a notice of claim. A notice, so notice of claim. Of claim okay. Sent, the, right. the notice of claim is sent to the entity, the, the, the public entity, and that's an opportunity for that entity to settle the case for that amount. But I again, see. they never settle the case for that amount, ever. So it's it's not going to settle for $6 million, but a lawsuit can be filed later, and then the plaintiffs will have to prove what their damages are. Well, first, they'll have to prove that the school district and the police are liable for something, but if they are, they'll have to prove what their damages are. Where did they come up with this figure then? Where I mean, somebody said, all right, we'll we'll stop, uh, you know, we'll we'll stop pursuing a, a lawsuit if you give us $6 million. Why is that the number? Why isn't it $5 million? Why isn't it $50 million? Where Where does that come from? How do they do the math on that? They can't ask for more than that number later on in the lawsuit. So oftentimes the attorneys will just make that number a very high bloated number. Um, okay. It's really not something to worry about or focus on. Um, it, 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 you can have, you can have 6 million. It could be 10 million. It could be any number. It's not based on anything. There's no reason for it other than the lawyer just wanted to make sure it was a large number. Now this case, you know, this, these are some egregious issues here. And if he follows a lawsuit and alleges punitive damages, if he alleges that, the school district or the police knew this was going to happen and didn't do anything about it and did that with what's called the, in legal terms, an evil mind. Um, it could potentially be a huge claim with punitive damages, but, oh. but we don't know any of that yet. So, cause there's no lawsuit filed. Okay. You've seen million dollar claims thrown out there before you've seen million dollar lawsuits. If, if I asked you to stare into the crystal ball right now, t take a guess, Barry, what do you think this 
could be settled for since you said last time we spoke that, what, 98 plus percent of cases do eventually end up being settled? Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's a great question, Joel, but it's difficult to know that now. I, I don't know the extent of the injuries uh, to this young man who was injured. I understand he had a concussion. I don't know how he's doing now. You know, if he if he got in a fight and he had some transient injuries that, that resolved relatively quickly and he's back to normal and doing okay, the case probably just doesn't have a huge, huge value. If he has long-term effects of that, if the concussion is causing him cognitive or memory issues, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things here we don't know. In fact, we don't know most of it from the damages standpoint. Point. So the, the, his damages have to be based on something, on the level of his injuries, on the amount of his medical bills. We'll, we'll find out about that later if a lawsuit is filed, but we don't know that now. So how much does the fact that the, the suit alleges that death threats were ignored by the school, that the, that the police um, didn't do their due diligence in all of this, does that add up? Does that make the figure go higher, too? That, hey, these things happened because you didn't act on a basic level. Well, it, it certainly goes toward proving that those entities uh, were potentially negligent, which is what they're trying to show happened. Again, I, I don't know if they're going to ask for punitive damages, which is designed to punish the defendant for acting in a certain way. If they determine, I mean, look, if you determine that a police department had evidence that someone was going to try to murder somebody, knew it was going to happen and where, and then didn't do anything about it, that's pretty bad. And the damages yeah. could be could be high in punitive damages. Again, I, I don't know that we know that. I mean, we're we're I'm just talking theoretically right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there, there's a there's an awful lot of investigation that's still to be done. Uh, we have a lot of information in the public at this point that's starting to come out, but we really don't know what was going on behind the scenes and how much information they had. There's there's a difference between having actual knowledge that something is going to happen and not doing anything about it. Uh, and something where you have, hey, there's a there's a gang of goons who are threatening another student. I mean, that kind of thing happens all the time. Uh, do we do they have to go out and and have police at every single time they hear something about that? It's there's a lot still to to learn here. Yeah. Oh, I that's a great point, Barry. Uh, a lot of information to come out. Uh, Barry Markson is our KTAR legal analyst. But, uh, Barry, I always feel smarter after I talk to you, and I I always come up with more questions than answers, which I think is a good thing. I don't know if that helps. But <laughs> I think it's a good thing. You really get my mind going. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Barry. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So he jogged my mind. And I'm, I'm thinking about this. That was a great question, Joe, about like how egregious were the missteps and it, does it make the punitive damages worse? I think that was a really good question. And as Barry said, well, we don't, there's just so much we don't know yet, especially us in public. There are answers that I'm sure are internal at the police department. There are answers that the, the parents might have or these attorneys might have, but we don't know yet. I have a feeling, however, that the Gilbert, the city of Gilbert, and the Chandler Unified are going to spend big bucks trying to fight this suit. And But, you ask, because you're very smart, why but, don't they just negotiate a settlement and put it all behind them? You are so smart. The answer to that very smart question is next on the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. I'm Chris Merrill. He's Joe Huizenga. The headline from the Republic, $6 million claim. Chandler school officials, Gilbert police failed to stop Gilbert Goon's attack. What we just learned from our KTAR legal analyst, Barry Markson, is that lawsuits don't have a number on them, but the claims do, which means effectively what happens is the lawyer of the parents sent a notice to uh, Gilbert and to the Chandler Unified, and they said, we're going to sue you. Uh, if you don't want us to sue you, Give us $6 million, and we settle this, and it all goes away. That's how the notice of claim works. 
Also, if I understood him correctly, governments have more rights, basically, uh, when it comes to these things than anything else. Uh, Like, I don't have to notify you before I sue you. I don't have to give you a chance to settle before I sue you. I just sue you. When it comes to governments, you have to give them a heads up that you're coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you also have six months to do it, whereas I could sue you for beating up my kid uh, two years from now. Right. I don't know what statute of limitations is, but I can do that later. Uh, when it comes to the, nope, you got to hurry up. Oh, sorry, you missed your deadline. So I found that to be very interesting. But I think that the government entities in this case are going to put up a big fight on this claim. And why do you think that is? Because this one sets the precedent for future claims. This one, listen, suppose that they, suppose that they say, well, we're not going to give you $6 million. And so Keener's lawyer says, well, we're going to sue you then. You and I both know. They're not going to give him $6 million. I guessed before the show, I said maybe a million total is what they get out of this. And it could be $100,000. Again, right. I'm not the legal expert here. Right. But my guess is a lot closer to a million or less yeah. than several million dollars. You're probably right. I don't know exactly. You throw out the- a big figure just hoping to sure. shoot for the stars, knowing that you're not going to get that. Totally, yeah. And if you're Rick Keener, I guarantee you if he was in front of us too, his son is alive. He's happy his son is alive. You're He'd not the much lo- rather You're have. not the lords yeah. who I think have a much bigger case. Their son died. Yeah, but not against the city necessarily. So here's where I follow up on this why they have to fight so hard because there are another, a number of other victims. The city and the school system, you're saying, have to yeah. fight this so hard. Yeah. And I would also think that, uh, you know, some of these students that were victims were, were not in the Chandler Unified. They were in other school districts, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this. And I think that if Gilbert comes through and they say, listen, we've had some bad press on this, a lot of scrutiny around our the way our police have handled this. There's a lot of other attention on our, our public officials. Um, maybe we should just try to make this go away. The, all you're doing is you're saying to other victims, we're willing to settle for a million dollars, right? Or we're willing to settle for two million. So I think they're going to put a lot of effort into having their lawyers negotiate any potential future lawsuit to get that number as low as possible so that anybody else that wants to sue them in the future uh, gets a message that we are going to uh, we're going to fight this and you're not going to get away with $10 million or, or $6 million or whatever the number is. But the problem to me that they're going to run into is that this lawsuit brings up that th- at least it claims, it's not a lawsuit yet, it's, an, it's a notice of claim, yeah. that Chandler Unified officials were warned that uh, Rick Keener's son had received death threats before being jumped by the Gilbert goons. It also says that Gilbert police... Uh, the resource officer did not take basic steps to prevent the assault or determine who was behind it. So your defense can't be if you're the police or the school. We didn't know. What did you expect us to do? Like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm being threatened by this person or this group of individuals showed up at my door or this person threatened me in class or sent me a message on social media how do you how do you fight that? What do you push back with? Because your defense can't be. We didn't know. What did you expect us to do? Know. They might play dumb. Look, this playing, is, but ignorance but this is, is not a is not a good defense, Chris. Joe, I'm not sitting. Wait a minute. It may not be a good defense in public, but being dumb is kind of a good defense in court. We've seen it play out before. But like, don't uh, these videos kind of make the cops look foolish? Then, if you sit there and go, that's a great question. Hey, so we're noticing 
This suspect is the same here and in attack number four and seven, just for instance. If you're the police and you've seen all these videos on some level, isn't it your job to investigate and put these pieces of the puzzle together? You can't inactivate a case and then suddenly reactivate it a couple months later. Of course you can. They just did. And then what did they say? Publicly, what did they say? They said, well, none of the victims told us. That, that it that was w- the Gilbert Goons. <laughs> I mean, which is the dumbest thing. That would be like a serial rapist. We can't arrest the serial rapist because none of his victims told us that he had raped other people. Like, that's the dumbest argument. And because of that, because they've shown a, 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 a history of being dumb, mm-hmm. maybe that's their argument going forward. Like, listen, maybe you expected them to do that, but they're not smart enough to do it. That might be their defense. To me, you have to show, hey, we did investigate. We went out to house X, Y, Z. We did talk to this person who that, that would vic- only admit that you th- lied before and that you are that you should be good at your no, job. No, not necessarily. They're consistently bad at their job, and that's what they're saying. You have to you have to prove on some level, hey, we did investigate and we came up with nothing. We did look into it. We followed the information that the suspect gave us. We did canvas the neighborhood. We did look into it. We just mm, didn't come up with you anything. You said they have to. I think you expect them to, but I don't think that they have to. And unless I think that's they want to be paying out millions of dollars, I think they need to. Listen. Morally, I'm with you. I'm just curious to see how this plays out in courts because they don't always play by the same like rules of common sense that we do. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Neil Young. He's coming out to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater with Crazy Horse for the Love Earth Tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 8 a.m. You can win a pair right now visiting the contest page at KTAR.com. Look at that. Pablo's already making reservations. He's going to see Neil Young. Neil Young, Love Earth Tour. Pablo, you got your Friday plan set up there? Okay. He's ready to go. Uh, An Arizona fixture falls short in a world uh, record, and your morning routine will probably change after you hear what's next in the volley on the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Chris and Joe, afternoons 2 to 4 on KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. We explore some of the other big headlines and life's most important questions. Let's tickle your brain bone with today's volley. Joe, you want to start today or you want me to have serve? I am ready to fire. Uh, I will go first. You serve. Chris, there is a uh, Valley woman. She's warning renters out there after she signed a fake lease. She was scammed out of $1,500 after a man, he pretended to be a landlord. Oh, this is like a Craigslist thing. So the woman, her name is Samantha Sherman. She ended up uh, moving into a property. She obviously had to move out of the property. She gave the keys back to the rightful owners, but not before she unfortunately, allegedly handed over to this landlord $1,500 through Apple Pay. Oh. So what I want to know from you is, what's the worst you've ever been scammed or swindled? Oh, I was doing cryptocurrency. Say and, no more. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Not just because I was spending money on cryptocurrency, but somebody hacked my account. And because my account was tied to my bank account, they emptied out two of my different uh, checking accounts. I had tied to different uh, credit unions. Uh, so I think total there was about three grand. Mm. Yeah. But fortunately, mm. because it was fraud, the banks had to refill that, which was really good. But then because it's crypto, you can kind of follow that money. It just sat. I think it's still sitting somewhere. We so turned, somebody got it, but it didn't go anywhere. So, Pablo, Chris had to deal with cryptocurrency. What about you? I wanted to go to a great music festival, the Lilith Fair. But oh. um, anyways, I, I did try to get some concert tickets one time, and I went to a website that I got scammed on. I was out about mm. 350 bucks. That's not, pretty. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, 
That's ticket, a lot. Well, amazing. You guys know tickets nowadays are only 100 but after all the service fees and this oh, fee and yeah. the charge fee and transfer fee. I love that the scammers get that part right. The scammers like, well, you know, there's this fee and there's the seat picking fee and then there's the parking fee. And the scammers are like, we got to make this look legit. Let's really hit them for more. That's great. All right, back at you, Joe. 45 minutes after our show ended yesterday, the Arizona Republic published a story that amplified your wrongheaded notion that banning alcohol sales at the Phoenix Open would be a good idea. Joe, do you take responsibility for ruining all the fun? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. no. No, I do not. All right. That's what I expected. No accountability on your part. Uh, have you had any time to think about that? Because they did get like letters to the editor that were saying, we need to ban alcohol sales. And I just think that's a terrible idea. Just be who you are. You're the Phoenix Open. Be who you are. Just keep it in check. I don't believe I said ban all the alcohol sales. You tossed it sales. out there. I, I might have done a gentle tossing. I definitely didn't go with the ticket system, which some were well, suggesting. Well, somebody caught your toss. Okay. All right. So, no, no, I did not. I did not. Uh, I, I take no accountability okay. for that. Pablo, do you blame him? Yes. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. Pretty sure right. Pablo's right. Okay. We can move on to the next one then. <laughs> Easy enough. So about 10% of vacation rentals are fitted with uh, hidden spy cameras and experts are wow. are letting people in on the secrets to spot the devices inside everything from smoke alarms to TV sound bars to chargers, all kinds of gizmos. Freaks me out. That's what I want to know from you, Chris. Have you ever stayed at a Verbo or an Airbnb? And yes, and I own one. Were you ever concerned that you were being watched? Like, yes. would you walk through the house and be like, I know there's got to be a secret recording no. device here. No, but I do. So my wife and I bought a, a cottage and we rented that out summer of uh, 2022. It's illegal, by the way. It is illegal. To do this unless you have a, re uh, because you have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Yes. I think, though, if you post a sign, correct me if I'm wrong, because, again, you said you do this with your wife. If you post a sign. Hold on. We, we have a VRBO. We don't, we're not exhibitionists. So be careful when you say we do this. You rent well, we out have a, a place. Yes. Yes. If you post a sign that says, hey, we are recording. Yeah. It, so if it's in public, like if it's in public rooms, can you do that or no? VRBO clarified this. And I believe mm -hmm. if I remember this correctly, it didn't apply to us because we don't have any cameras inside the cottage. Okay. Uh, but we, I do have two cameras outside, one doorbell cam and then one yard cam. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to notify them. That there are cameras outside, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the rule from VRBO anyway is no inside cameras. No elf on a shelf, no spy cams, none of that stuff. See, Even I've if never, signs, I've I don't never stayed in an Airbnb or VRBO because I would be thinking that somebody was but watching But that stuff me. is happening at hotel rooms now, too. That that. So you're it, telling me I can't go on vacation no, people, ever. Maybe I need everywhere. to get an RV. Creeps are everywhere, and I'm a little worried about them spying on me, but then I realize that they're the ones that are the real victims if they do. You know we're being watched the whole time the show is going on now over at KTAR.com <laughs> now, true. too. That's we true. like that, though. We, we enjoy that. that. we got to get the Pablo cam. I'm already getting more requests for more Pablo on the show. Pablo, like, v VRBO, Airbnb, you ever stayed I've done, at one? Yeah, VRBO. I've actually, I've looked it up on there. and the, I You sweep go to, the house to make no, sure you were No, I go to the ones watched? that say the cameras are on the outside only. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. New numbers show cancer rates in Arizona are on the rise. Do the most, uh, it's the worst, the most worrisome is melanoma rates in the state are significantly higher than the national average. Joe, do you have a skincare routine? Oh, yeah. Go on. Oh, yeah. So when I, I'll take you from wake up in the morning. Okay, go ahead. So I. Pablo, I, are you listening? This is good tips. I take.
micellar water, micklear water, whatever you call it. I take a a pad uh-huh. and I do the pump now. Yeah. And I take the morning stuff and I put it on my face. And then after I get off work, I go and I do the micellar water again, new fresh pad, uh-huh. get it off, and then I put the nighttime on my face. It's very manly of you. So that I am uh, you know, ready for bed, of Does course. Does the CeraVe have uh, SPF protection in it? The the daytime stuff does. does. SPF thirty. The smart. nighttime does not. Pablo, skincare routine. Uh, if I go outside, I do put on some uh, sunscreen. sunscreen. But other than that, every day, just whatever um, lotion. You know, I use regular lotion after yeah. the shower. Yeah, I like a little lotion on my face because, especially since I got old and they put me in a CPAP, so now I have to. I get those mm-hmm. lines on my face in the morning. During this time of year when it's cold, and I don't know if it, the air is just more staticky or something, but I get a little bit more itchy this time of year. Yeah, dry. I mean, it's, yeah, it's dry, and you don't even sweat on that. Joe, you want to uh, run through one more? I can, time for one I more can serve? blitz through one more real quick okay, here. Okay, go ahead. So there's a viral clip that's going around out there of a raging San Francisco 49ers fan who smashed his TV with a bottle of Jack Daniels after the <laughs> Niners came up short against the Chiefs. So I want to know from you, Chris, what's the most upset you've ever been while watching a sporting event? Oh, watching a sporting event, nothing. The, the best anecdote I have for you is uh, I used to be a, a club thrower when I played golf. Oh, I thought you were like a bouncer and you no. described as a club thrower. No, that'd be funny, though. <laughs> yeah, that, I saw this little puny guy. I picked thrower. him up. I threw him about seven feet. No. I'm a club thrower. But you know those guys that get frustrated in the golf course and they throw their clubs well i used to do that and uh and so my buddy was with me and i hit a bad shot which is often and i flung the club behind me and i missed his face by about two inches he was not a happy camper and i felt so horrible that i i've not thrown a golf club since i've i just decided it's time to get control of my emotions uh i had that was my travis kelsey moment where mm, I, sorry uh, that's the wrong answer chris the right oh, answer would have been any michigan ohio state game where the buckeyes oh, no. stole a victory I, from I the I university of michigan at some point i will be a volcano of anger because i internalize all of those things that's why i watch those games by myself all right uh, how about we uh, get with the boys? We've got sinners or saints, and we're trying to figure out which one they are. Sometimes a bit of both. You're going to meet a couple of saintly heathens, I suppose, as the oxymoron might go. Next on the Chris and Joe Show, KTAR News. Joined in the studio by, I don't know if they're sinners or saints, one of them claims to be uh, Bruce St. James and uh, Larry Gatos joining us from the Outspoken with Bruce St. James and Gatos. They uh, come up here uh, next. Fellas, there was a world record attempt in Phoenix today, actually, Joe's Diner. You been to Joe's Diner? Yeah. No. Where have you it? been to Joe's? Yeah. Seventh and Camelbackish, yeah. right? Oh, I think I have been there. Then it looked it looked like a kind of place I'd love to frequent. Mm-hmm. So the guy does what I can only assume is basically a stunt, right? He's like, "We're going to stack pancakes higher than anyone has ever done." Is today National Pancake Day? If it I, isn't, I know it was like pizza the other day. So the. the I, the Guinness record is three feet, four inches tall, which... That doesn't seem that high. 213 pancakes. Okay, that seems like a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. So here's how it here's how it went. Uh, uh, Colton Krolak was uh, on it. Of course he was. Oh, hold on here. Somebody is bad at uh, computers. Here we go. One mm. more time. As owner Joe Sorelli placed one pancake on top of another, hoping to build the tallest stack of flapjacks ever built. I love this. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Mm. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> they just knocked that's, it down. Uh, that's when it. it uh, were these like the regular, te- regular sized? Nah, he was yeah. making them a little thin. They were the first, he was thinking he was going to do a tiered situation. Yeah, you should make the ones on the bottom bigger. Does right. not anybody understand how the pyramids work? Well, that's what he was thinking. And it ended up looking more like, uh, what's the, is it the RCA? 
uh, offices in Los Angeles. Capitol Records. Capitol Records yeah. is what it looked okay. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was watching this. Uh, Channel Ten had reporters out there because live on the scene. Why would you not? Right? Yeah. Why not? So they go out it's there. Local and, news. And it's just a, there's a camera just trained on the stack of pancakes. And really, would you say you got up to Joe two so we, feet? Here in Arizona, we got up to two feet two inches today. So we had another foot and change to go. Disappointing, yeah. Klaus. Like, Joe, come on, step but it up. But you could see the poor guy. It was like, <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Like, there doesn't seem to be yeah, any... Like, toothpicks in there and nope. cheat a little bit, you nope. know, a little something. Uh, anyway. Although the engineer, I did the same thing. The engineer in me thought, have you ever seen them pour columns of concrete? It's a big tube. Yeah. And I thought, what if you just made the pancakes to fit inside that tube and then at the end just remove the tube? Right. I don't know if that's allowed or not. Uh, yeah, I right. could practice beforehand we'll before you... Do you know what? Good point. Like I don't want to be embarrassed no, by it. They, I, I want to uh, know it works. Practice you, it the night before. You know what he thought the problem was is that his pancakes had butter in them. He thought it made them too fluffy, and that uh, okay. that's why okay. they were too. The, wouldn't the, that also make it to, slide a little bit too? Well, butter? you wouldn't put butter in between them. I would yeah, hope that no, would no, really <laughs> just <laughs> seriously. No. Uh, Joe, you're so pretty. That's how I like to eat them with mm, butter in between them. Come uh, on, that's Joe's how. A, that's how I taste. No, I'm hungry. No, I'm there. hungry. I hope you guys are happy. I'm hungry. <laughs> guys, the Phoenix Open continues to make headlines. It I was, does. I was kind of surprised to see that this is playing out a little bit further, and I think part of that is because you have some people making terrible suggestions, like let's ban alcohol. I from did the not Phoenix suggest Open. that yesterday. Uh, but then, of course, we have we have well, you've listened to us. We have some other suggestions that might be equally bad. I heard your interview with uh, with the security worker yes. yesterday. I thought that was really good, great, w- wonderful insight to tell us. Yeah, it actually was worse than right, than and, and partly it was because they were short staffed. Yeah, at a time when more people showed up, like it was a a ball rolling downhill. You had know, all the weather. You had didn't help. All, you know all those factors, and then you know Phoenix Open's going to Phoenix Open going on too. Right. So today, you guys have somebody coming on as well. Yeah. It's Scottsdale PD. Uh, they took in a, a large number of people, about three times the amount of people over the last few years. Took them to the... the took, they arrested them. The who's gal. So, so I, I want to ask... I don't... See, I don't buy it. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't buy it. I, I think that it was it was fine. <laughs> I think there's just more video out there. We saw a bunch of dope. What don't you like, buy? I, I think the reason that there were more uh, arrests this year than last year is because, uh, well, you know, Scottsdale PD was dealing with uh, the Super Bowl and the Phoenix Open all at the same time. They, they can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So oh, last they, year you mean yeah. they were. Okay, yeah. So, I well, just, I, so one of my questions is going to be, were you enforcing it more? Yeah, they were Or were people it. behaving Worse than usual. Like, why more, is there three times the amount of arrests this year? They had three times the cops at the open. You think so? Yeah, they had to spread it out yeah. with the open you and the, the Super Bowl around, last you arrest year. Somebody for God's sake! When you I mean, are arrested in Scottsdale, instead of bread and water, you get caviar and like, rosé. <laughs> you think so? Is that what it is? It's a Chardonnay. I mean, uh, it's a Chardonnay. It's a Chardonnay. Keep this up, and there'll be no brioche. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs>